Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, me, Natalie Sprink. So, again, today, this week, I am a day late with coming to you with my podcast about Bachelor and the Fantasy Suites and Michelle's second to last episode. And it was a little boring. Little boring for me, and seemed like they really pushed a narrative that was, you know, really struggling to get some drama because there is none. <laughs> I feel like these three guys are probably the most legit guys and the best guys they have had in a very long time. Um, I mean, they're all just sort of straight shooters. They're all nice guys. They all seem for the right reasons. And I feel like the producers are really having a hard time with making them like conjure up any kind of drama or cliffhanger or as Game of Roses said, the bring her home to us moment. For reference, the bring her home to us moment is been penned by Game of Roses as that moment that we sort of wait for every season that they show us over and over, over again in the previews. And that makes us want to go, Oh my God, what is that? What is she referring to? What does that mean? Or the fence jump with Colton. Um, we wanted to know what, what the heck was he jumping the fence for? Oh my gosh, I can't wait till that part of the season. And, and on Peter's season, it was his mom. Um, What's, what do we call her? Sweetnums is her Instagram, but her saying, bring her home to us. And we all thought, who's she? Why bring her home to us? What does that mean? And the whole season, they leave that as a cliffhanger. Like what? Oh my gosh. What is the cliffhanger? What's, what does that mean? I can't, oh I God love Michelle. We love her. I love her so much. You know how much I love her, but there was not that moment in her season. And that's not her fault by any stretch of the imagination. I just think they picked too good of guys or they picked just non-dramatic guys or whatever the case may be. But we never had that moment in this season where you were like, oh my gosh, what, what is good? The, the moment right now is a little weak, but it was the preview we saw tonight for next week where she's crying on the beach and she says, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I feel like every single season they do that to some extent. So I just feel like they're grasping at straws. Um, now pushing forward to Clayton season. Hell yeah. We got to bring her home to us moment. We got him telling apparently the last two girls, which at least that's what it looks like that he slept with both of them. They both go off crying their eyes out and we're going to be, and we're already wondering what the hell, what? Is that real? So we have the fence jumping moment already for Clayton season, which I'm happy about because there were still really questions about why Clayton. I still am kind of thinking why Clayton, but you know, they gave us the moment. So that's good. But, but unfortunately Michelle's season didn't have the moment. It had the worst ratings of any season of any bachelor show so far, except listen to your heart, which is so sad for Michelle. I know I talk about this every single episode, but I just feel bad for her. Um, last week's mental all was not much better. Uh, anyway, so we move on to our, um, fantasy suite episode and they decided to make the drama be 
the three guys sitting around the same room and the same couches stressing about the other one, what, you know, whatever guy is on the current date. And boy, did they beat that dead horse. Holy shit. Like, I, I mean, were we supposed to be enthralled by that? Or was that supposed to be like really making us wonder if I, I don't wonder what I was very, uh, re grasping and reaching by producers to, uh, keep replaying that over and over. It felt like Groundhog Day where you were just like watching the same scene over and over. Just the only thing different was the guy sitting on the couches versus the guy on the date. Like, wow. Okay. So they made that point. So let's go ahead. I don't think there's any other news. There's a few like bits and pieces of kind of Bachelor Nation news, but um, I don't think we talked about Katie Thurston ending up with the uh, John guy uh, from her season and how I just felt like it was, it's very uncool. And I still feel like it's not real cool with how she's like just shoving it in our faces. And I don't know, still don't like how she's handling it. I'm just, whatever, you know that I'm not a big fan. Um, what, what else seems like there's, there seems like there's something else, but I guess I don't know what it would be anyway. So if I have to think that hard, there must not be anything. Um, let's start the recap. How about it? Okay. So I can't remember if I remembered, if I recalled this from the last episode, but we go to Mexico for the fantasy suites, which is cool. Um, going to see a lot of travel on, on, um, what's his name? Clayton season, but we hadn't seen too much besides Minneapolis on Michelle's. So we get to Mexico. So we see the sights and sounds of Mexico. And then we see Michelle walking with Caitlin on the beach and, um, they're talking about basically each guy. And actually a lot of times these little interactions with the bachelorette and well, I guess there's only been two, but, um, let's say this season with Michelle and then Caitlin and Ortasia are a little weak and don't give us a whole lot of information and seem like they're just sort of shoved into the edit to get maybe Caitlin or Tasha some airtime or because they have nothing better to show. But this actually seemed like a fairly productive walk and a fairly real walk. I always feel like Caitlin's a little bit more real with her conversation than Tasha. Again, I, I just can't decide how I feel about Tasha. I feel like we see the real Caitlin in most of the things she does, but I don't feel like we see the real Tasha. I feel like Tasha always has her company man face on. And I always feel like there's a bit of acting going on with her. I don't know that we've ever, and maybe at the very beginning, like when she was on Colton season, I'd like to rewatch that season once and see how she acts. But I always feel like we just get a little bit of a facade with Tasha. Does anybody else feel like that? I just feel like, <sighs> I don't know. Like we never are getting the super real authentic Tasha, and that she's always just a little bit too happy or too scripted or too like saying what she's supposed to say, or I don't know. I, I just can't, I can't put my finger on why, but, um, yeah. So anyway, they're talking on the beach and Michelle is basically breaking down every guy and the pros and the cons of each guy. And we basically learn that Brandon doesn't really have any cons and that Nate's con is that he has never really loved anyone before. And she's worried that he, that she might have stronger feelings than him. 
and we learn that Joe, well, we know all this, but that Joe is just super reserved. Um, but their back and forth conversation just seemed, um, like productive, you know, like Caitlin kind of gave her some advice that seemed decent, like don't ignore the red flags and listen to that kind of stuff because she said she was, she would have done that a little bit more. And, um, just their back and forth conversation seemed again, more natural and like a real conversation two girls would be having walking down the beach. Uh, I feel like it would have been different with Tasha, but that's not the point here. We are talking about Michelle. So then Tasha. <laughs> Uh, comes in and talks to the guys. Of course, they're all sitting on those same couches. And like she says, like, and maybe Caitlin would have had to say those same lines. I'm sure those are the lines that she's told to say. But she's like, um, Michelle is really happy. And she really does see that her future husband is in this room. <laughs> like, who talks like that? I don't know. I don't, ooh, ugh. So, but she says that. Uh, she talks about the fantasy suites and that it, that can change everything. And, you know, even if you do, even if it does kind of change stuff and you like get a new perspective of it, I hate how they use that phrase over and over. Like it can change. This will change everything. Um, and again, coming out of Tasha's mouth, it just seems even more scripted because she's all whatever. I act, it sounds like I hate her. I don't really don't hate her. I think she's gorgeous and I just, I like her, but, oh, well, anyway. so she leaves a fantasy date, uh, card, the first one and it's Brandon. And okay, so we get the first tidbit of Joe and Nate seeming stressed. All right, it's not the last time we'll see it. So, segment two starts, and it's of course Brandon's date, and we do have a hooju, but it's not a good hooju. It's not really good. There's absolutely no approach, but we learn, I think we have learned that this is. Well, not this particular one, because the other components were not very good of the hooju either. The, uh, the, the leg wrap around was not good. She didn't get very much height on it. It just seemed like a very sloppy hooju, but I do think that Michelle has coined her own hooju with a no approach hooju. She just does the hooju without the running approach, like a run and jump. That's a true hooju. This is a Michelle hooju. She has definitely made her own. Um, but we get a horse date here and we get a couple horses and we learn that both that Brandon has never been on the country and we learn that he's never been on a horse. So then they make this little cute. Um, I love when they do little cute, funny, uh, sort of show us some of the bloopers that they usually don't ever show us. And it wasn't really a blooper, but they show him getting on the horse and the horse just like <laughs> just walking off and he being like, okay. Are you, are you coming to, <laughs> to Michelle? And she was like, I, are we supposed to be on this date together? And he just kept walking and the horse wouldn't stop. And it was kind of funny. I laughed a little. I did. I actually laughed out loud. I remember that. Um, so then they ride and they ride and they ride and they ride. And you could really tell that on these dates, they struggled to get footage. I felt like too. I, I mean, and it's good. Like all her dates went well, but I feel like they were so mild and there was no like, like wowie moment that they just like had to show him riding the horses for a really long time. And, uh, so then they finally get to the horses on the beach and they're now riding on the beach and then they hold hands with the horses on the beach and then they kiss with the horses on the beach. And then all of a sudden the horses are gone and they're just sitting on the beach on a towel. Um, and so 
you know, they have this little conversation on the beach and I don't know, I guess basically what I took away from this conversation between the two of them here is that again, them trying to conjure up something with Brandon, Brand, why do, why do, anyway, Brandon. And so he's worried about not being good enough. So that's his, his thing here. All right. So then that was it for that segment. Come back segment three and we get Joe and Nate they're in the same old room on the same old couches. And yep, we, uh, we hear them talking about how they're wondering how Brandon's doing on his date. And Nate is saying it's the first time that he stopped to think about the other relationships and blah, 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 blah. And then they like have awkward silence and, uh, uh, uh. um, but it's the nighttime part of the date for Brandon and he ITMs that, he is just going to rip out his heart, give it to her and say, here, here's my heart. You can do with it, whatever you want, because I am all in. And then he items that ITMs that he is actually in love with her. He love level force. So then they're on their little dinner date and he tells her that he doesn't want to be with anybody else but her. And she's kind of getting giddy about hearing all these compliments and being like just overwhelmed with all of these compliments. Um, and then he actually tells her like at the state that he is in love with her and that he was going to tell her later, but he's just sick of keeping it in and he just wanted to let her know. Um, and then he tells her that he will always put her first until he takes his last breath, he says really sweet things. I have to give Brandon credit. I think, I truly think they're all there for the quote unquote right reasons. I do, but, but Brandon has a special vibe that just like you truly to his core, like just can like feel that he is so in love with her and that, and that, like he honestly, truly would do anything for her, irregardless of Instagram followers. That's really how it seems with him. And again, I think all three of them seem that way, but I don't what, what it is about Brandon that is so like truly there. I, I think he might be the most in love with her. Like, I really think he would do anything for her. Um, and I don't, there's like a small part of me on this date where I was like, man, I don't know. I might be okay if Brandon wins this thing. I don't think he will, but I feel like I might even be okay if he does. Actually, again, this is the first season where I don't think I, I still think Nate's going to be the ring winner or he's going to be the win. You know what I mean? Um, but I, and if any of them would be the winner, I would be fine with it because I really like all of them. Um, so, so anyway, okay. So then she says she's falling in love with him too. She doesn't love level for him, but she love level threes him. And she says he makes her feel so safe. And of course he accepts the fantasy suite offer, which she just then offered him after this nice little conversation. And then he ITMs that if Michelle chooses him, it will be forever. And I truly think he believes this. I really do. So then fireworks, they're in the hot tub and fireworks go off. And of course they're close enough. Of course they're close enough that Nate and Joe see the fireworks going off. They obviously immediately know what that means. And they go out in the little patio and watch the fireworks all stressed out again. 
end of segment three. We're in segment four and it's now the morning. And the first thing I notice when they show Brandon and Michelle together in bed is that she is actually not wearing makeup. I can't, they've done this before. They've definitely done this before, but I absolutely can't stand when the girls can't be on camera without makeup because, and it's so obvious because they'll be in full on makeup and granted. Yeah, I guess they could fall asleep with their makeup on. Sure. They can do that. Absolutely. But I feel like it would be smeared or be rubbed off or it would be, you know, if they're doing what they're doing in bed, they're not going to have full on perfect makeup when they're done, or I would hope not. And that is sometimes happens where the makeup is really good the next morning. Anyway, she does not have that. Totally respect that. I'm on Michelle. Of course, of course, because there's not much wrong with Michelle. Um, but they're like all cute in bed and whatever. Um, she seems like she just like 1000% trusts Brandon and that she has absolutely no doubts about him at all. Like she takes him for what he is and like, and he is like fully exposed as far as his feelings. And she believes every single thing that comes out of his mouth. Then something really disturbing happens and they get breakfast in bed or he brings trays of breakfast for them. And they start, you know, I've heard of this with whipped cream and even like icing, but they start rubbing their breakfast sandwiches and breads on each other in bed, like shoving them in their, in each other's faces. And I was like, what? She like takes, you know, how like when at a wedding, when you take the cake and the like bride will like take the cake with the icing, like smush it on his face. She takes the sandwich. It's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. It's not like a pancake with, with, with whipped cream on it. It's, it's a sandwich, a bread with some stuff in between it. She like takes it in the palm of her hand and smashes it in his face. Uh, that is that really smashing something in your face whenever you're done? It just like falls down in his lap. I and there's nothing on his, <laughs> so it was the weirdest thing. And so like, she jokes about, Oh, figures that the two of us would have a food fight, but that's a very weird food fight. And then also what really was disturbing is then in this white, white, everything, white sheets, white comforter, they have some, one of them has green juice. One of them has orange juice. And they, they start spilling the juice all over the bed and all of the crumbs and all of the food are going all over the bed and they are jumping on the bed. And then they even show the like stained pillowcases with orange juice and green juice on it. And it gave me complete and total anxiety. Yes, I am OCD. Yes. I paid very close attention to this and yes, it ruined the whole scene for me. <laughs> Call me crazy call me crazy, but I promise you I'm not the only one that was totally disturbed by that and couldn't even concentrate on the cute little food fight they were having. I completely was focusing on the stained white bed sheets. Oh, so then we, ah, I'm so distracted. Now I keep picturing the stains on the bed. How are they ever going to get that out? Um, okay. Back on track. She says she believes he would actually do anything for her and again, I think he probably would. So then what do we get? What do we get? Guess what we get now? Shocker. We get Nate and Joe 
on the same two couches in the same room, stressing about Brandon's date when Brandon comes back in and they do the same song and dance for every single day. He, they, like Brandon comes in, they're like, how's the day? And you know, they can tell they really don't want to ask him, but they have to, because that's what you have to do in the bachelor. And then you can tell that Brandon is like, I really don't want to tell them about my date, but I guess I'll like give them a little bit of highlights, but I don't really want to, because this is really fucking awkward. And why should we be doing this? And like, at least the thing I can appreciate about this is that they are, um, ITMing about it. Okay. So what's so kind of dumb about this part Okay, so I have two th schools of thought on this. The first is that it's it's just it's dumb because they they're just stretching and reaching for something to fill their two hours with. And this is all they can think of. But the thing that's also more dumb is the fact that I am certain that every every single season this is going through the final threes um, minds. Like, how can it not? I mean, obviously they all know this is fantasy suites. they all know they're going to sleep together. They all know they're getting into this alone time. So it's going to, and this is all they can do. They don't have their phones. They don't have TV, they don't have anything. This is all they have to do all day long is think about this. So you know that this obsession occurs every single season between every single contestant and they they'll show tidbits of it and like some people having second thoughts, but they do not focus on it like they did on this one. So it's kind of dumb that they're making it seem like this is sort of like an oddball thing that's happening or a unique thing on Michelle's season because it's not unique. It's just they don't have anything else to work with. So they have to just show it over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again. Uh, but the thing I do like about it is that at least with them focusing on it, they're ITMing. The, the stuff they're ITMing is like actual thoughts they would have and an actual like what this really is. It's crazy. Like, so, so Brandon's supposed to come in and they're supposed to be like, dude, how was your date? And what's he supposed to be like? Okay. So we, we had sex three times. We did this. We talked about this. It was so great. We're in the hot tub, I felt her up. I mean, what, you know, like, but yet it's the same girlfriend of the other two. So I, it, that doesn't happen in any world. I, less least at least not in a normal world but this is not a normal world obviously but we're supposed to feel like it's normal <laughs> it's not normal and so at least they itm that like this is so weird this is my girlfriend he's talking about and so i don't really want to hear it but i guess i have to hear it ugh. so it's like real thoughts i guess it just ugh, it was overdone all right so um and we find out that joe has a next date and, um, that is the end of segment four. So we get to segment five and we start Joe's day portion of the fantasy suite date. Um, we get a hooju, which is actually a pretty good hooju. Um, this is where I realized that it's Michelle has the ability to do extremely good hoojus with all the components that you need for a good hooju, but she just doesn't have to do the approach. You know, I really feel like to get the full effect, it's nice to have that full approach uh, but she doesn't need it. She does a really good hooju without an approach. So we learn that they are going zip lining. And it's so strange because as they're like gearing up for the zip lining, they're playing this super dramatic music as if like there's a risk of them to die. And that's like our cliffhanger. Like, are we supposed to be like, oh my, are they going to live through this? Are they going to actually, I, this might end right here. The show might end because one of them might die. I, 
Okay, so they end the super dramatic music, and he quote unquote lets Michelle go first, um, which you know she doesn't die. So spoiler alert, she doesn't die. Um, but she then so then Joe goes, and of course she like she itms about how Joe is so quiet, and you know that's one of the things that she's hoping to like see a different side of him. Well then, hey, cue the different side of Joe. And they show him zip lining and he is screaming, not screaming, scared. He, I shouldn't say screaming. He's not really screaming. He's yelling like super loud, like, whoa, yeah, this is great. Like having fun kind of yelling. And then he's like yelling, I love you, Michelle, which I, I was thinking, is this, I really was, is this Joe? I literally didn't know his voice could go up that many octaves. Is that uh, not really octaves, but to that volume and also seems not like Joe and all to be like yelling out loud. I, I, well, he didn't say, I love you, Michelle, but something about Michelle. And cause that would have been love level for foring while zip lining. And I don't think that's ever happened on the bachelor. I mean, that should be a first though. Um, so yeah, he's very, very verbal. So she acknowledges that, oh, that's weird because he's being verbal and that's what I want to hear. That's convenient. So then they talk and um, Joe's telling her how he's never opened up like this with anyone before and how he's so appreciative because she has helped him do that. And then she tells him how she was so happy to see like his goofy side and that she knew that he had that that side of him and that how fun that was. And then they remind each other that they or they tell each other how they each remind each other of home. And, um, she ITMs that it's taken her longer to see all the sides of Joe, but that she has strong feelings for him. Okay. So then, then they're feeding horses. I, again, super random out of the blue. They went straight from like talking on the zip line platform to feeding horses. I, are these the same horses? I wonder that Brandon and, Michelle rode could be maybe, but they're feeding horses. They're not riding them or anything. They're feeding them. Okay. And then, then they show this like silhouette. <laughs> kind of made me laugh. They show this silhouette of, of them kissing, you know, it's like a sunset in the background. And so they just are like shadowed kind of, but the horses are standing next to them. But one of the horses, <laughs> and this has to be the creature of the week, but the horse was like sniffing her like, what are you guys doing? Hey, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing over here? What are you guys doing? <laughs> it was really funny. I definitely, that horse was the creature of the week for me. Love that horse. It was pretty funny. Um, okay. So let's see, I am going to stop here. My 30 minutes is almost up and I will start again at segment six. So see in a second, literally. Oh, hey, look there. I'm back. See, that didn't take too long. All right. So we go to segment six and we're at the night portion of Joe's date. The horse isn't there with them, which I'm very disappointed. I thought maybe after, you know, sniffing him out, he might join them for supper, but he doesn't. So, uh, and also for the record, um, on this night date, well, she looks, has looked amazing so far again on every single date, every single outfit. She just looks so good. Um, but this dress was particularly stunning. Loved it very much loved it. And her makeup, her makeup was stunning as well on this date. So they talk about like Joe being an introvert, her being an extrovert. And she asks him 
like how he thinks that will work. And, you know, um, actually just like back up and I'm not trying to be like, eh, yeah, I called it. Cause I totally did not. But I, whenever she was talking about him being quiet and when she's with him and I've thought this before, like, I feel like that is the one thing he does not have going for him. And maybe that's obvious, but like in the long run, I think she really likes him, but they just are so different. And I know sometimes differences can be good and sometimes opposites attract and it can really work, but they just seem, I I know they have a lot in common because they both love basketball and they both are from Minnesota, but just because you're both from the same fucking state doesn't mean anything. My God, you know, that seems actually kind of silly. I, well, maybe not, but other than that, I feel like they are very different personality wise. And, um, and I thought this to myself, like maybe he won't make it because I swear I did. I'm not just saying that I swear I did. But again, this extrovert introvert thing, you know, I feel like being an introvert would possibly be hard on her because she would always feel like she had to, like when they were together in public or, media appearances or whatever, that she'd always have to be the one speaking up and talking because it's just not his thing. I really feel like maybe even being on The Bachelor was like a stretch for him because he just seems so super shy and just so low key. Um, But they talk about that and she asks him about that difference. And he says he feels like they'll just compliment each other because he'll bring out the introvert in her. She'll bring out the extrovert in him and that will compliment each other. And maybe it would, but I don't know if it works that easy. Um, But then they do also talk about, um, he talks about how they talk about kids, but he talks about how much he wants to make a difference in the world and that he wants to like influence people and like use his platform. And like, especially when it has to do with sports and how, you know, like kids that are in sports, like after the sports are over, that they can still have an identity and that, that all this stuff. And she really likes to hear him say that. And, and, And she ITMs later that, Cause she has said that before, like she made some comment at some point, like she wants someone that she can change the world with together. And so after he was saying all this stuff that was not precipitated by her, uh, she really liked that. And she made some kind of a comment about changing the world together and that she realized that Joe was already on that path. So then that's like, okay, well maybe, maybe this is okay. Um, or, you know, maybe, maybe this will work. So anyway, at that point, she gives him the fantasy C-suite offer. And oh yeah, in between here too, they again, 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 stick in Nate and Brandon awkwardly talking about how they think uh, Joe's day's going. <laughs> again. Okay. And then, um, anyway, that was it, I think, right? Let's see. Um, Yeah. So again, and so then they go back again to Nate, they kind of go back and forth here in this segment from Joe and, um, Michelle, when they're checking out the fantasy suite to Nate and Brandon talking about Joe and how, whatever their hangups, but then they're trying to be confident, but then yes, yet they're still worried about it. And it's just, it's just like, like this vicious cycle and you're just get lost on that roller coaster because you're whatever. It's just, Groundhog Day. So then segment seven starts and it's the next morning with Joe. 
and they're in bed kissing. And did you notice that like, and this, this happened with two different kiss sessions where I don't know if it was the angle of the camera, but it looked like at first it looked like her eyes were rolled back in her head, but then it was like, it was like her eyes were just slightly open, but all you could see are the whites of her eyes. And so it looked very creepy and weird. Did anyone else notice that? I couldn't decide if she had her eyes open or if it was just like they were mostly closed, but the camera was just like, oh, it was weird. And it happened again. I did not like it. Um, we also find if, and this is not a fault by any stretch of the imagination, but if Michelle does have a fault, it's like overusing the word vulnerable. I literally think that she has had to have said that word a thousand times during the season. I mean, she says it all the time. Um, but then Joe says he's falling more in love with her every single day. So he's being more free with his talk of love. Um, Michelle ITMs about how she loved how Joe was with her when the cameras were off. And apparently like he showed this whole different side. I mean, that's the way she made it sound at least. And so then again, you're thinking, okay, so she really got to see what she wanted to see. And if there was any doubts that he would go to the final two, which I always thought that, uh, they would be dismissed because she really, really liked, sorry. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. She really liked how he was off camera. Um, she tells him how much she cares about him and how, how much he means to her. Um, and she tells the in ITM, she says that 24 hours with Joe has changed everything. See, she used the catchphrase that Tasha said. Tasha said this could change everything. And look, it just happened. Wow, that is a magic. Um, then she says she had, which this kind of is confusing because she said, I have, after spending that time with Joe, I have clarity, but that it also is going to make her decision even harder. So isn't that like an oxymoron? If you have clarity, it seems like I know what I want. But then when you say it's, it's that makes my decision even harder, it means I don't know what I want. So I was a little confused. And she says this again with Nate on Nate's date. She says something about how she has now has clarity anyway. Um, but when she says that, it does make you think, with Joe at least, when she said it, it made you think, well, maybe Joe was like the last choice of the three until this date. And maybe now he bumped up his spot. Um, <clears throat> so then, yes, yes, then we, again, yes, we get the couches in the room with the guys again. Nate returns, I mean, Joe returns from the date. And conveniently, Nate and Brandon are sitting there waiting for him. And again, it was super awkward. And, uh, same old, same old, same old, same old. And then Nate gets up and said, I'm going to go get ready for my date. You go do that, Nate. So then segment eight, we get Nate. <laughs> hey, hey, that was conveniently rhyming. Um, day portion. He goes into a marina. He's looking all around, wondering where Michelle is. I'm so excited to talk with her, but I don't know where she is. Oh. Here she comes around the corner in the marina on a catamaran coming right into the dock. So she gets off the boat and yes, she does a hooju, a hooju. She does a hooju. And again, it's the classic Michelle hooju. It was another good hooju. However, again, it did not have an approach. So we have our classic Michelle hooju. Good job. Um, she in the ITM calls Nate, her soulmate. 
and says she never wants the day to end and she just wants to stay on that day forever. So basically this is a date where they're just on the catamaran and they're doing all kinds of things from driving the boat to laying there and kissing to eating to whatever whole time. They're having so much fun. She says kissing him is magical. Um, he ITMs or he tells her he's crazy about her. Then she tells him she's crazy about him too. Uh, he's, he admits that he didn't like to her. He admits that he doesn't like thinking about the other guys. And she confirms that she realizes that's a thing. And you know, she obviously went through it too. And that it's just important to focus on the two of them, which he's very good at doing. Well, actually they all three are. Um, and, but then she ITMs that she needs to hear from Nate that he loves her. And she is worried that if they can't get there, she will be incredibly heartbroken. So during this date and all, and during all the ITMs, at least the way they edit it totally makes it seem like she's definitely favoring Nate because she uses all the like catchphrases, or at least they show us all these catchphrases for him. Like, the soulmate thing and how she's crazy about him. And she said before she's worried she likes him more than her <coughs> or she has stronger feelings than him and that she will be incredibly heartbroken if he doesn't love her. So like all of these lead you to believe at least that she likes him the best. Gotta take a drink. Hang on. So yeah. So then we cut to segment nine. It's a night portion of Nate's date. Again, you know, this is why I'm saying it was kind of boring because I mean, they were, you know, the dates were fine, but it was just kind of the same old, same old. But of course they start the segment out with the other two talking about Nate's day. <laughs> That's shocking. Is that shocking? I, when they showed that part, I was like, no, really? So yes, that's how they started it. So then they go to the night portion and they're at dinner and in ITM, she says, again, that it's possible her feelings are stronger for Nate than his are for hers. So she wants to hear that Nate is ready for an engagement. So then they show them talking and she basically flat asks him if there's anything he wants to talk about. And he's like, Nope, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think everything's good. And, uh, that's another reason why, like, I feel like she's going to pick him, but he seems a little flippant, you know? Like, it seems like she has to start sort of all of like the real conversations, but anyway, it's fine. Um, so she flat asks him where he stands on an engagement and, um, he kind of a little bit talks around it, but says he talks about the hometown date being huge for him and that, um, he had a lot of hard questions asked of him and he's been thinking about those questions a lot. And then he says some kind of interesting. He says he doesn't have all the answers, but that that's just life. And then in life, we don't have all the answers. <laughs> and I too feel like I'd be like, uh, not really the answer I was wanting to hear. I no, but she says, you know, I mean, basically in a nutshell, she says, well, you don't have to have all the answers in life, but there are some answers that I kind of need, you know, or want. And, uh, and then she basically flat out asks him again. And he says he can totally picture his life with her. And she tells him that she's, that she says falling in love is one thing. This was good. I thought falling in love is one thing. Being in love is another and an engagement is yet another. And which one are you ready for? And he pauses for a second, but then he says he's ready for all three and she smiles. And this was what she was waiting to hear. Um, 
then he then he kind of goes on then he kind of like spills it and he says he's really really falling in love with her and um she says she knows that she's ready and are you and he says and again he pauses just a second but then he says i absolutely am for you especially or no not especially but he just says i absolutely am and with and like because of you because you're the only one i want to be with and blah 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 blah. so uh so now she um this is when she says that again that she has clarity um but i this made more sense to me here because this is what she was waiting for him to hear and i feel like you know i feel like he knows it's what she wanted to hear so i hope he meant it um so she offers him the fancy suite and yeah he accepts that was a shocker too so he accepts so uh, she had TMs that she's been waiting to hear these words for a very long time. And after tonight, she may be in love with him. It's a very strange statement. I might be in love with him after tonight. Does that happen overnight? Can like over one night of talking, you'd be like, yep, I'm not sure if I am, but yep. 12 hours later, I totally am. Yes. In bachelor world, it does. All right. So then we are at segment 10 and it's the morning after with Nate. Nate says one of the most special nights he's ever had. And he feels so much closer to her. And then he says, drum roll, I'm in love with you. He doesn't sing it, but he just says it. So he love level fours her. Yay, Nate. Um, then guess what? She love level fours him back. She did. She said, I love you too. Um, she says, this is what she thinks a soulmate feels like. So I, you know, this is all just really pointing in the direction of Nate to win this thing. Um, so they're having breakfast out on the deck and weirdly a mariachi band shows up. I very weirdly, how did they even know they were up there? Oh, maybe it was a producer's cook. Could have been the producers that, you know, it's a stretch, but so it was weird and they go watch them play. And it's just a very awkward thing. Um, but get that, guess what they show then? Just guess, just guess three guesses. The first two don't count. Okay, you got Joe and Brandon. Yep, sitting in the same spot, same couches, same room. And Nate returns. And same, same fucking thing. Just, they just don't want to let it go. They don't let it go. Uh, it's a bit annoying. So we, again, get them all stressing out. Then they show them all getting ready for the rose ceremony. And they each ITM about how confident they are. Like, each of them says, like, how confident they are. I feel so confident with Michelle. Um, but that they know that she has strong feelings for the other two get this from all three of them. And Michelle ITMs that now she's falling in love with fallen in love with all three, but that's news to us because we only saw her love level four back to Nate. She told the other ones she's falling in love with them. She did not say she was in love with them. So not sure if they forced her to say that or if we just, I can't believe they would not air the I love you. So that was strange. But her dress, her dress, beautiful. It was so, oh, I loved it. Uh, commercial segment 11. We got our last segment here. And y'all probably know what happens anyway because this is a day late. But she starts off telling them how amazing they are and how they have changed her life. And because of all that, this decision, decision seems nearly impossible to make. Then we get Brandon before she can say anything else. Brandon steps forward and asks whether he can talk to her. And so she's like, sure. What? 
you know, and then this is that part where they're like breaking the fourth wall and they make it feel like this is all like really like, whoa, this is groundbreaking because then like, you, you know, they're showing the other cameramen and crew and stuff as they're walking out. Like, wow, this is so unexpected. And he keeps saying like, I'm not, not, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Um, but he sits her down. I'm not really sure what this was for. So I'm so curious with something like this, if this really was something he wanted to do and that he really like told the producers, I'm going to be doing this because I really have this desire to do it. Or if he mentioned it to a producer and like, yes, you need to totally do that because we need something exciting on this show. So, because really all he does is sit her down and in a nutshell tells her that he, you know, he knows there's a chance he could go home tonight, but he just wanted to reiterate that when he said he would put her first, he would put her first and that he wants her to know he loves her. And even if he goes home, he just wants her to be okay. And like, she's crying during this whole thing. Cause it touches her. I know that's why she's crying. Um, you know, whether she reveals at any point, if this changed her decision at all, I don't know, I guess, you know, we'll find out time will tell maybe. Um, but this is really all he says. And then they hug and she says, thank you. And then she's like, walks away to take a moment. He goes back. She comes back. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she comes back in and says she feels strongly about where her heart is. So she wants to go on with the rose ceremony, obviously. But the the part about her, she feels strongly about. So again, you wonder, what, was, would this have changed her mind? Or did that actually just give her clarity in her decision? Okay, so first rose, this is no drum roll, but I'll do, you know, first rose goes to Nate, second rose, yep, to Brandon. So my feeling in this moment was shock, but then maybe not that shocked. You know, I don't know how you can be both, but I think because this whole entire season so far, I've been like 1000% convinced. And I think especially because on almost nearly every uh, podcast I listen to, that's what people are predicting. It's like, it was almost too obvious. Maybe that's what, what they wanted to do. So maybe they did actually give us a twist here, but forever. I thought the whole time it was going to be Nate and Joe, Nate and Joe, no question. But the last couple episodes, Brandon is like really showcased his love for her and his, for the right reasons. And his like, just, you know, he just puts it all out there. No, like, just makes her feel good. I can just tell. So, so in a way I kind of was like, not completely surprised. It just, I don't know. So I don't know if anyone else felt that way. It was like this shocked, but not really shocked. Um, so then Keisha comes in and they say, I'm sorry, Joe, please take a minute and say goodbyes. Um, so obviously she, she walks him out, Michelle, and she's crying and she says, she's sorry. She tells him that she is, she is falling in love with him. Um, and she doesn't want to break his heart, but then she like says something else. And I swear to God, I rewound it four times because it was like her excuse. It's, it was like her excuse. Like, I don't want to break your heart. I'm still falling in love with you. But, and then it was like, I rewound it. What the audio was freaking horrible during this part. Again, did anyone else notice that? It was terrible. They both were talking really quiet, but there was, I don't know if it was the ocean or if it was just some freaking fan running in the background, but it was, it was like, it was so loud. And on a show like this, 
obviously you can completely control the audio and how that sounds. So I don't know why this part was so terribly, the sound was horrible. You could, they were talking quiet. You could hardly hear what they were saying, but this is what I could tell, whatever. I couldn't really hear her reason. I guess just that he, she couldn't get there quick enough with him and she was there quicker with the other two. Um, he is very gracious. He says he, this is what I think he <laughs> says. He just wants the best for her. And he thanked her for making him open up there. I just, I can't exactly hear what they're all saying. So, uh, he, she walks him to the limo and he like puts his head in his hands. Like, so I guess he's crying. She squats down. This is kind of the scene that has supposed to have been the bring her home to me. I guess she's squatting down, like crying and says, this is so hard again, like literally this happens every season. So this is no kind of like, Oh my God, she's crying when she sends the third person, the third to last person home. Wow. She is really, but I have to give her this. There's sometimes when the bachelorette's like, tr like they want to, um, put, um, lead you to believe that they're so upset and that they're just crying and that just really this is so hard for them, but there's not like actually tears coming out of their eyes. It's just like cr face cry play, you know, where they're just like, make that face like, oh, I'm crying, I'm crying. But there's like literally no tears or anything. Michelle's the opposite. She's crying, but her, like there's tears streaming down her eyes, but she's like the prettiest crier ever. Um. So... So yeah, she's crying. She, Joe says he's in shock and he didn't see this coming. Usually they don't. Um, he's wondering what Brandon said and if that played any part in it. Me too. Um, so yeah, uh, it ends with her squatting down and, or not, I guess that didn't end. She stands up and she's still crying. She doesn't walk back into the other two or anything. It just ends there. Um, so I think what they're going to do based on the previews, what they're going to do with like the cliffhanger quote unquote for next, for the last show, the finale is going to be her just like having this be such a hard decision. And to be honest, I feel like it probably is because I feel like she knows 1000% Brandon is all in and would treat her like a queen and not that Nate wouldn't, but I think she's still hung up on the thing about him. Um, like never having loved anybody before and his parents sort of having second guesses. One thing that was so curious to me, and I cannot wait you, I would like you to watch that for this for, with me next week, if you can remember, but you know, they're so good at Frankenbiting and stuff, the producers and, and leading you to believe that someone's saying something they're really not. It's taken out of context, blah, 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 blah. It's like happens constant. But in the preview, they show, um, Michelle talking to her mom and she says something like, uh, do you think he's ready? Do you think he's ready for a proposal for an engagement, whichever? And her mom, the audio says no, but when it, it's like they, it's like you hear the no and just about then they cut to the mom's face and you could tell she's not really saying no. Like her lips aren't saying no. And I'm wondering if she, it's not actually her mom saying, I don't know, but they just took the no out and made it look like she's saying no. So let's see. So it's a very distinct scene. It's of them like sitting outside on like a porch and it's Michelle talking to her mom. And Michelle says, do you think he's ready for an engagement? And her mom 
supposedly says no. I don't believe she does. I believe she says something else that has the syllable of no in it. <laughs> they just took it out. So, but that's where I think the narrative is going to go is that this is such a hard decision for her and she's on the beach and she's crying and she doesn't know what to do. And I, I, whatever. So that's, we'll see next week. It's next Tuesday and it's a three hour. Of course, it'll be two hours of the show. And then the, after the final rose last hour, and that will be it for Michelle's season. So basically we get one week off again, people one week off, and then we will start Clayton season on January the 3rd, Monday. I'm yawning again. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, uh, I'm not sure. Obviously I'll be here next week and it's going to, I'll be really on in next week because the show will last till 10 and then I still have to record after that. But the week after, I'm not sure I might take a break from what I would really love to do. So my family is coming up to see us, um, for Christmas, which I'm very excited about. And what I would really love to do is to do a podcast with Allie, my mom, my sister-in-law, Abby, and my niece, Grace, and have it be a girl's podcast and to just talk about other stuff, not Bachelor, and get like a generation viewpoint on just things in general. Um, because my niece, Grace, is a freshman in high school. Then we got Allie, who's graduating from college. You guys, Allie is done. Tomorrow is her last final ever. My daughter is graduating from college. Like, she's done with college. How is that possible? Oh my God. I'll start crying. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, and then my mom and then my sister-in-law is, I mean, I guess we would be considered same generation. She is like early forties. So, but I just don't know if I can pull that off because it is Christmas time. I have so, so many things on my plate and they're here for only a very short time. And I would have to do some planning for that. I don't know. We'll see. I, it, it might just take too much of a chunk out of our already limited time together. Um, because we also have the boys here. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. But, um, but if we don't do that, then I'm just skipping next week and I would just be right back for the premiere of Clayton season. But I hope that Allie is still here and that she will be able to watch the premiere with me and give her thoughts on the first show episode with Clayton. So that is that. As usual, if you've lasted this long, I really, really, really appreciate the five-star ratings. I really, 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 really appreciate the good reviews. I've gotten some good feedback and I just hope whatever platform you're subscribing on that you just click that follow button, that subscribe button, that review button, and just makes mean so, so, so much to me. I just can't even tell you. So tell a friend, whatever you need to do. Um, my Bible verse that I'm ending on today is Ephesians 4 verse 2. It is this, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So I appreciate you guys listening and I hope that you are back. I will let you know. I'll try to let you know if I'm going to have a podcast if I decide to do that next week. But um, if not, I will um, be back uh, next year. <laughs> Don't you hate when people say that? Um, but yeah, if not Merry Christmas, everybody. And if I don't come, Oh wait, 
no, never mind. I'll, I'll wish you Merry Christmas. Still Merry Christmas, but I'll wish you Merry Merry Christmas next week because I'll still be back more in a week. I forgot. Okay. Whew. All right. Thanks and uh, have a good week. Bye.